Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. 2008-2009, first banks were too big to fail. Then the problem, the debt problem, was cured by adding more debt. And now, who is now too big to fail? Those are the questions we're going to try to give an answer to by discussing the stock market, its warning signs, the economy, the warning signs, and there are plenty of them with the economy, but you must not focus just on the warning signs. You must also focus on the possible solutions, which is what we are going to end with to see how the Fed, how the governments, and what are their tools to solve the current issues and that might give a perspective nobody knows what will the future look like but it might give us a perspective on okay this is possible this is possible this is possible how can i position myself that whatever happens i end up well that's the key when it comes to investing and putting the current situation into a long-term life investing cycle So let's start with stock market warning signs. I was reading the comments on the videos I made. Thank you for those. I always like to read those comments. But somehow over the last month, two months, there is a predominant amount of comments talking about speculating with stocks. Where will this stock go? What will happen here? How can we buy now? Is something a buy or not? And that's a big warning sign. Let me just show you here. Do you think Berkshire is a good buy now? Are you buying? Is it a good time to buy this or that stock? And many, many comments like that. So here another comment. Value investing is dead. It's hard to do when everything is overvalued. I focus on sentiment and vaccine progress. Okay, even better than value investment. Perhaps we'll one day have the sentiment and vaccine progress intelligent investor book we'll see can you put subtitles in your videos so this tells me okay the interest for stocks is global not just let's say in the us so there is plenty of money around the world and a lot of people are actually forced to invest in stocks because interest rates are at zero and you don't get anything with your banks so here then a lot of comments focusing on just one thing altman z score on my nutrient analysis instead of doing i'm seeing a lot of people focusing on one thing one thing that they think they can comprehend instead of doing a full analysis which means a lot of people are dabbling with stocks but they don't understand what they are doing because there is a lot of speculation would you rather read the income statement or the operating cash flows It's always both. It's always 10 times that. You can't just do one thing and then invest. Then I'm way too optimistic on Disney Park revenues because there will be a second virus wave. Can you analyze LYB with 7% dividend? How diversified is their client's base? We're talking nutrient that sells fertilizers. Well, everybody who grows tomatoes uses them. So that's how diversified the user base is.
And then I digged a little bit deeper and then Startup Robinhood hit more than 10 million accounts over the last few years. This is December 4, 2019. Then I look at, okay, what are the most popular stocks? Ford, Cyclical Speculative, General Electric Speculative, Disney, okay, half speculative at this point, speculative, 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 biggest companies there okay due to size speculative speculative so 10 million people speculating in stock and this is a huge warning sign also in europe we have this cheap broker and mostly traded tesla tesla speculative wire card fraud issues so a lot of people speculating with the extra money they have in stocks and also, I am really pleased with the success, but also scared about it because 82,000 subscribers for an accounting professor, boring accounting professor with a PhD on YouTube is crazy. Of course, I thank you for the subscribers. We do good charity work with the money we make on YouTube, but this is really insane. And the predominant thought in the past was when everybody's talking stocks, run away. But, of course, we will see how will this end up. Is perhaps the stock market and all those millions that are investing in stocks, are they too big to fail? Let's look at the economy warning signs and then let's put the stock market into a personal wealth perspective and see how important has the stock market become now. Also, on a valuation perspective, if we look historical valuations, um, whenever the price earnings ratio was above 20, don't take the 2009 crisis, earnings were really hammered and then that's why the price earnings ratio spiked. But every time price earnings ratios were high, returns weren't that good. If we put that into a Dow perspective, high price earnings ratio at the end of the century, 22 years of zero returns. 1929, high price earnings ratio, 25 years of zero returns. 1960, high, 1965, high pricing earnings ratio, 17 years of zero returns, inflation. Then 1990s dot-com bubble, 12 years of zero returns. So if you would, Look at history, the valuations, the warning signs, the dead cycle that we are in. It's likely that over the long term we'll see zero returns. And that would actually be a good thing for the uh, economy and the world. We'll see in a moment. But then we have to ask, are we going to see negative returns in the past? It's easy to scare people. I show this and then I say, okay, 50% decline, 80% decline, 50% decline. There's going to be a crash ahead. Let's sell everything. But we have to also see the other perspective. The economy is where it is, late part of the debt cycle, excess debt. 2008, they solved the situation by printing more money to buy financial assets. They can't lower interest rates anymore. Those have hit rock bottom. And they are now starting with direct stimulus helicopter money. And money loses value because they are creating too much of it or more money, less value. That's simple as that. However, the issues are there globally. Many entities have lower income, lower spending. There is China-US fighting. And there is also the large wealth gap that we'll discuss in a moment. 
Also, the unemployment rate, this is for April, will be even worse in the United States and globally due to the current situation. We'll see how long it will take for this to recover and come back to a normal, to a stable percentage level. Also, government debt, especially with the current stimulus, is exploding, has been exploding for the last 30-40 years and now it's really, really going higher. So there are plenty of market warning signs, economy warning signs, but on the other hand, we know what are the warning signs. We didn't know, we couldn't predict the current virus crisis, but the other warning signs have been there and are being managed. When it comes to long-term investing, what will happen with your retirement, with everything, the question will be found in how the current situation will be managed by central banks and governments. That's what we have to focus on. If they manage it well, then the economy level, the wealth level will remain well and will be okay. It might be 0% for 10-20 years, but it will stay stable. We are unlikely that we're going to see great depression situation because times are a little bit different now. Let's discuss this. Why are finances, the markets are so important? The global bond market 30 years ago was just 10 trillion dollars. Now it's a hundred trillion dollars. So that's a huge change and therefore extremely important. Any changes here in that this debt pile any issues here will have repercussions, huge repercussions on the economy. So this debt has to be managed and we are seeing the Fed also buying uh, corporate bonds now, same in Europe, etc. because there is the issue. Then we are looking at the stock market. The market cap, global market capitalization 2019 was close to 90 trillion. So you have 100 trillion, 110 trillion in bonds and almost 100 trillion in stocks. Mostly, most the highest market capitalization is in the United States. And then, this is very important. Why are stocks too big to fa fail? If we look at the components of GDP, this is the United States. Personal consumption is 70% then business investment, then the government, net exports make it 100%. So total GDP is 19 trillion. Of that 70% is personal consumption. Personal consumption depends on the income you have and on the net wealth, which gives you confidence to spend. And let's look at this. This is how much households in the US held in stocks in 2009? It was seven trillion dollars. Now, 10 years later, we are at 28 trillion dollars. So that's a 4x increase. If I compare that to the net wealth, the household wealth, it was 60 trillion dollars in 2009, seven trillion, that's 11, 12% of the wealth was in stocks. So, okay, not that big. Now, the net wealth is $118 trillion and we have $28 trillion in stocks. So, it went from 10% to 20% of, even more, of your wealth. So, it is a more and more significant part of your wealth, which also impacts your consumption. This is the chart that shows how wealth went up 
two times from 60 billion, the higher, from 60 billion, 7 billion, and the assets, stocks owned by people, went up four times. So from 60 to 120, and from 7 to 28 trillion dollars. So suddenly, stocks are a significant part of the household wealth, and we have seen how many people are investing. So are people owning stocks too big to fail? That's the question we have to ask ourselves and see how that is going to be managed. Real estate, also significant, but growing in line with net wealth. So financial assets are the key here. We are in a more and more financialized world and you can print dollars, thus you can manage the situation. And how do you print dollars? Just look at the Fed's balance sheet. Prior to the Great Recession 2009, it was below a trillion dollars. Boom! First printing of money, two trillion, then more and more stimulus, 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 stimulus. Then they said, okay, let's stop. Let's see how what happens if we lower the stimulus. Armageddon happens and then stimulate, stimulate. And now with the COVID crisis, boom! to $7 trillion, they will expand because they need to keep this wealth at a high level because it impacts personal consumption. And therefore, it's all about how people are too big to fail. Same situation in Europe, huge stimulus and then COVID crisis, even more stimulus. Of course, there is always the issue of the wealth gap and the bottom 50 have really, unfortunately, the bottom 50% in the US have really little wealth. When you put it here, we are at $6 trillion, which is a quarter of the top 1% has four times more than what has the bottom half, unfortunately. We'll see how will this also be managed because these guys have the corporate equities, these guys have the assets, have the real estates, have most of the, let's say, business wealth, then from 99% down to 50%, these guys have most of the pension entitlements, the bonds, the stocks in pension funds, also here more real estate. So by saving financial assets, you are saving the top 50% of the population. And with direct stimulus, you are trying to manage the happiness. This sounds ugly, but that's the true. I cannot make it different. The happiness of the bottom 50%. If you can manage their happiness without leading it to a prior to Second World War situation, nationalism, etc., then this will be well managed. And this is the question. How will the stimulus help keep the spending, the personal consumption in form of this wealth making the rich unfortunately richer, but also keeping the poor poorer. And that's the question that will give us the solution to what is next. So we are here now. This place where we are is the consequence of the financial engineering that started 50 years ago since the dollar was depacked from gold. But that's how things are. You can be angry, you can think whatever you want. There are many um, comments, there are many videos about crashes, about the zombie governments, etc. But this is what it is and we have to look at this in 
real perspective, see what can happen and then see how to adjust, how to prepare for whatever whatever can happen so that we are ready and we even take advantage of it. Big companies are taking those stimulus loans and they are trying to do the best of it. That's nature, that's capitalism, even if it is stimulized to the maximum. But that's where we are. We have to accept it and make rational decisions. So let's compare this, many compare this to 1929 and 2008. Well, the New Deal, the difference between now and then is that they waited four years to, for the New Deal. 2008, the reaction wasn't immediate. They let Bear Stearns go bankrupt. And then we had the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act passed in October for the bailouts, for the helps. Later came the printing. Now the reaction was immediate with huge global stimulus. And the question is, okay, what's going to happen next? How is this going to be managed? And if the Fed is printing money, say, if everybody's printing money, they are trying, they will try to stabilize this. I don't know whether they lose control or not. That also depends on what you are going to do, what we are going to do. Are we going to stay focused, be confident, because it's all a reflexive process. If we are focused, if we are confident, if we trust what's going on, then it will be good. If we lose control, if we panic, then it will be disaster. That's also very important. It's a reflexive process and that's also what the Fed and central banks are trying to manage. Very interesting always from Ray Dalio. He also emphasizes this a bit. How will we divide the pie and how to make the pie bigger is the answer of the current stimulus packages and of the long-term strategies. What are the solutions? Well, we can continue to stimulus as long as there is no hyperinflation. Why not? Give the people what they want, give them money, helicopter money, and test it. We'll never see. Zero interest rates were unthinkable 10, 15 years ago. Now it's a normal. Who knows, maybe helicopter money will be a normal. The world in 10 years will be much different than it is now. 15 years ago, it was totally different than it is now. So we have to be ready for everything. We have to expect also those things that seemed crazy two years ago, five, 10, 20 years ago. If they push inflation to, let's say, 5% per year over the next decade, that solves big part of the debt problems. The difference between now and the past, speed, speed in reaction, communication, connectivity, globalization, Cold War in 1970s, Second World War, First World War, just wars prior to that globally, just wars prior to that globally. So that is the situation now looks much, much better than the past. And we'll see how they manage it. My two messages for to conclude this video are pretty simple. There is investing and there is speculating. If you invest and you invest in a way, okay, whatever happens, the Fed does really well, the Fed doesn't do well, governments do really well, governments don't do really well, whatever happens, I do well. And the process of investing is accumulating assets over time. Warren Buffett became the richest person in the world in the 1970s because he was accumulating assets even if the times were terrible. That's the key of being an investor. What will go up 20-50% in the next six months? Nobody knows. That's speculating. But I see 95% of people doing just that instead of accumulating assets and finding the best solution for them.
which leads me to, okay, it's about you. How does this recession, situation, stimulus fit you and what you're going to do with it? I'm personally looking to buy a house, take a fixed mortgage loan. Those that have that are likely to be saved by the government's ECB, uh, Fed printing money, easing that. If they allow for more inflation, then the repayments of that will be easier. But you have to put it into a perspective perspective, personal perspective, and then see how can you accumulate assets over time, which is the core of investing. Everything else is speculating. And if you accumulate good assets, no matter whether it is good or bad over the next 10, 20 years, you'll do well. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you. And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.